0: All time low on RTHK Radio 3 and the song is Guts. Time is now eight minutes past uh, two o'clock. You're listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. So I'd like to welcome back on the programme the one and the only Andrew Dembina. Mm. Anders, great to speak to you today. How are you? Hey.
1: Hey Hey, good, thanks. (laughs) Hey, <laughs> it's a sunny day today. How are you? I'm good.
0: I'm doing really well. I feel like there's like this sort of this um, uplifting mood because Hong Kong, of course, won the gold medal yeah. in yesterday's fencing. Yeah. Did, did, did you manage to catch some of it or, or all of it?
1: I, I saw the final live, yeah, which was uh, which was great. And um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not something that it's a bit of a fringe sport that not not too many people are that familiar with, but just. Actually, but so was windsurfing. Really, that Lee Lai Shan won in um, in 1996 at the Atlanta Olympics. So um, that they, you know, it is an immense amount of pride because when you think about the size of Hong Kong, seven something million people, um, it really is just comparable. To uh, to other cities, some cities are much larger than that. Of course, Greater London is more like 10 million, for example, which includes the uh, which still is still counted as being being London, um, sort of as far as uh, um, certain council restrictions and so on go. So yeah, well that that's that, that's really great. It has lifted us, and uh, also not having. Uh, Thunderstorm warnings today helped too, so combo, combo really.
0: Exactly, winning. Yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. <laughs> Pardon me. Mm. Joke there. Um, so, uh, he's, he's. <laughs> what have you got for our listeners uh, this okay. afternoon?
1: Well, uh, I've got a, I've got two or three from uh, overseas. We'll see how we do time wise, and one local one. So I'll start off with a story from Epicurious magazine. I like that name, Epicurious. You know, Epicure, and oh. then a curious. Yeah, got it. Get that. Yeah, so Epicurious magazine, which is based in the U.S., a story from them, um, which was more. It started off with a review of a quite uh, reasonably new cookbook from one of the winners and bakers of the British show, The Great British Bake Off, and it's how to make uh, one pan baked. Items so it means that you can just make something that can be satisfying either as a savory or sweet snack or part of a meal in one shallow pan in the oven and um, but the story that it really did arouse my curiosity when it declares that an unexpected office tool is very helpful with baking now for the listener, they might not be able to guess what this is. I've sent you, Noreen, a, uh, a picture from that book, which gives away the office ingredients. Can you see that? Have you seen that picture? I don't know if you can see it. Yeah,
0: I'm looking it's at. Um, it looks kind. Okay, sorry. No, no. You, you tell us what what it. Well, what it kind of looks like and what it is.
1: Well, it's it, it, it's a binder clip, which is. Uh, it turns out that the baker's <laughs> best friend, according to this book, is uh, you know. For those who don't know. What this is—it's it's a, like a bla- it's one of those black thing. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's something to clasp together a um, you know stack of paper that you might be working on for one um, bit of either work or something. Home stuff. It could be your home utility bills or something, and you put a little clasp on it with a uh, um, you know with a chrome or shiny silver uh, lever on either side of a black clasp to open it. And uh, the reason it's used is to uh, hold parchment paper or baking paper in the tray. Because I don't know, have you tried ever baking on anything that you need to put this paper down on a tray, in Baking tray? Yeah. The, uh,
0: when, yeah. When, well, when I bake cakes, I use it. The,
1: yeah, yeah. But the trouble is, when you've got a flat pan, even the, the edge can sometimes curl around, and uh, and it can either stick, if you're making a cake, it can be quite sticky, it can stick to what's on the top of the cake, or it can uh, stop, it can actually kind of reduce the heat going through the edge if it curls over so it won't be evenly baked throughout. So um, we've discussed more than once since the pandemic started, as it's not been a short pandemic, that people have got into um, turning flour, sugar and butter and the other ingredients that they put into a hot oven that magically transform into a nice bit of uh, proud baking products, banana bread, sourdough crazes, you know, they've all been oh, we kind can of
0: call uh, it Le Pandemic. Le, Le Pand anyway, you know, bread oh, f- in French.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Sure. I like that. Le pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's, that's, that that, <laughs> that should be used if it hasn't already for some kind of baking article headline, shouldn't it, really, during COVID times. Very good Naureen. Oh thank you. Um, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, you know, people went to some extremes to do things like create their own starter dough for sourdough. You know, it's a bit like the kombucha thing where you have your own starter and you, uh, you need to kind of keep that in good condition in order to make more sourdough. But people... Have been getting tired of some of those things that were crazes at the beginning of uh, the pandemic and they're now looking for more simple things to bake like single layer cakes instead of really
0: fancy difficult things uh, victoria yeah. sponges or exactly,
1: exactly. lemon with pipes creaming and all that yeah <laughs> yeah probably pipes cream and icing and all the rest of it or brownies or even baked Nutrition bars in the in the oven, which you can make in you know, so you can make your own granola bars and things like that. So the baker's name, who wrote this book, is Ed Kimber, and he's a food writer. And as I say, he was the one-time winner of the Great British Bake Off. And uh, he he actually wrote this book, um, which is called One Tin Bakes. That's the name of the book, One Tin Bakes. Um, he, it was written and published just before COVID kicked in. But it's become a really big bestseller. Like bookshops have run out of this in some places. I mean, he's from the UK, so it's run out more over there. Don't know about, you know, international uh, type of Amazon or or other book um, depository um, type orders. I don't know. But um, but there's been a run on his books because it's exactly what it sounds like. You have a book full of uh, biscuits, cookies, blondies, brownies. Do you know what blondies are? Have you heard of those?
0: I have. Not is really. it an Australian yeah. dessert?
1: Uh, well, um, it's very popular in uh, as well. Maybe it's popular in, in Australia. Uh, is it, I mean, it's basically it's the consistency and idea of what you expect from a brownie, but it's a lighter colour. Is that what it is in Australia? I food? think
0: so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, sometimes it can feature bits and pieces in it, like nuts or coconuts, but it never has chocolate. So it might have a bit of white chocolate, actually. White uh, chocolate, is, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Um, and angel cakes. Do you remember angel cakes?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These are pretty
0: yeah.
1: yummy too. They are pretty yummy. But these these are all things that you can make in a tray, and then you cut them up basically into slices or squares. Um, also, cinnamon rolls, um, which are uh, which can all be you know sort of stuck together in basically everything is meant to fit into one pan, which is about Um, 13 inches, which is about just over 30 centimetres long, um, and about 9 inches, or um, uh, about 20 centimetres wide. Mm -hmm. So uh, there there are some really interesting inclusions in this book, though. It's it's one that if people haven't had enough of the baking craze or if they haven't even got into it, like uh, some people have, this one would be a nice, easy-going one to add to your repertoire or to use as a starter. It's not too scary. You can get things like... uh, a peanut butter brookie. Brookie is a cross between a brownie and a cookie. That's Ooh, right.
0: Never heard brookie. of that before. Brookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Another, another pun. And I don't even know if the author invented it or whether it was something that existed in the first place. But what this peanut butter brookie is, is it's pe- a peanut butter cookie in one half of it at the bottom and then a brownie on top. So you've got a crunchy, crispy peanut butter cookie at the bottom And then you, but to get to it, you're biting through uh, the soft kind of brownie texture on top, which sounds great to me. And um, he also includes um, one giant Portuguese custard tart in the whole tray, which can then be cut into portions. But these are good practical ideas, you know, Uh, time-saving things that are quick and easy to make. Um, But the the thing that catches the eye um, uh, when it was reviewed in the uh, Epicurious magazine review that I saw, was the ever-increasing, um, not, not in every picture, but the, almost uh, every other shot, there's a binder clip in the uh, picture, um, which is in order to stop that parchment or baking paper just wrapping itself on top so when you're making a brownie or a cake then it can really affect it could be really soft underneath that if the baking paper stayed on top it's just going to really stop mm. the heat going through it so um for for those who want to try and use the uh clip do be aware the uh, kimber ed kimber himself suggests some tips that you should use smaller ones not the Bigger ones can get caught and not easy to take in and out of an oven because they get caught on the elements or the racks inside very easily. And also, a real kind of obvious point here, but it's worth saying anyway, is that plastic coated clips, of course, should not be used because that plastic is going to melt. So it has to be all metal. Um, And uh, once you're done baking, of course, to keep a hygienic kitchen, wash your clips well by hand dry them, and you can keep them with your baking implements. So there's a, there's a book and a little baking trick to recommend all in one there. Um, and moving on to a totally different subject from uh, our region of the world, Asia, um, there was an immunity-boosting plant-based meat that won a Food Innovation Challenge, which was part of ProVeg Asia 2021. Which is a contest held for food industry tertiary education students. So there's a there's an annual competition for those who are studying food technology, hospitality. Anyone who's connected with the uh, the food making industries through their studies, they're allowed to enter this, and so are the colleges that they're a part of. So the 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 winners of this year's contest then for um, food innovation um, was. Uh, was, it was announced uh, earlier this month there were 125 teams of students from 13 countries in Asia taking part in the competition, and the global, uh, there were global food industry partners um, that, that, that do have a presence in Asia who acted as help and sponsorship. They, that I'll tell you a bit in a bit how they helped, not just through not just through funds and sponsoring, but Oatly, Beyond Meat, Nestle, and Unilever all supported the challenge. They also helped to judge from the finalists out of of 125 teams of students to narrow it down to 16 finalists. And What they did to help them was that these big international, multinational food and drinks producing companies worked with these students, the the 16 finalists, to help develop their final proposal for a food innovation product. This sounds like a reality TV show to me, doesn't it? it does. that, you could, uh, that, you, that you could enter and you could be narrowed down to a 10% of en- entries to get real live big industry food producers helping you to develop something to go through to the final stages. Pretty exciting. Um, a, uh, another more surprising supporter, given that this is a vegetarian, it's a plant-based innovation contest. So, another surprising supporter that I didn't mention in the first batch was CP Foods, lesser well-known because it's a Thailand-based company, and it is a pork and poultry meat processor. So, it processes uh, pork and uh, poultry meat stuffs. And this was one of the supporters also of this uh, um, plant-based ingredient um, innovation prize. Eight out of the 16 finalists then had their completed ideas either wholly or, part or partially adopted, taken up to become a professional on the shelves item after the contest by the companies that supported them. So half of those 16 finalists got the confidence from these big food-making companies to actually take this to the shelves of, um, you know, grocery and supermarket uh, stores, which is brilliant, really, and. Um, the the actual finalists were asked to to present their proposals to a panel of experts who finally selected six winners out of all of those. Uh, And in first place was the Marble Booster. That's what it's called. And it's a proposal that presented plant-based meat containing a natural immunity booster through the nutrients and the different ingredients in the food that would be an immunity booster, not just, a meat substitute, like we've seen and discussed so many times in, the, you know, in Tuesday reports about those big companies who make um, the, uh, the, the popular burgers and sausages, etc, but to have it uh, really boosting in terms of immunity. Great idea in the time of uh, COVID, isn't it? And, uh, and this was uh, the winner, and it was developed by a team from Chula Longhorn University in Thailand. Uh, and uh, I'll just tell you some of some of the other entries. I think you were clapping their wind there,
0: wind then. Yeah, I was. You, yes. Oh,
1: nice one. Nice one. A round of applause from Noreen yeah. Mir. And uh, at joint number two place, there was something called, a product called Temp Me, and that is a protein-enriched tempeh noodle idea. You know, tempeh that's uh, from uh, Indonesia. They use it in Malaysia as well. It's a soya-based Fermented soya-based products that is a meat substitute. They've made them into noodles. Interesting. Uh, that was joint second place, something highly nutritious. It was joint uh, second place for something that sounds a bit less nutritious, butterfly pea ice cream, a plant-based ice cream that changes colour when lemon is added. <laughs> but it's, it does sound quite fun, though. Um, third place was shared by three teams, Borderless, which makes... Um, which makes a lot of different re- uh, ready-made regional dishes with plant-based meat. tastic. what a brilliant name, Tastic. plant-based meat pies. And uh, Juan and Juana, which integrates um, plant-based supply chain networks with companies that have a pledge to give social responsibility through the food they make. In other words, an online proactive advocate of more meat-free ingredients and they connect with potential uh makers uh, of non-vegetarian food to try and convince them that they should be adding some veggie or plant-based dishes to their repertoire so a really mixed bag there and uh that was uh that was that that sounds so highly professional i can't believe that all of those were students that were entering those um those different innovations. Just mind-blowing.
0: Impressive. Very yeah. impressive, yeah. considering yeah. that they're so young as well, students. Well yeah,
1: done. amazing, amazing. Um, I'm going to go to a Hong Kong happening at the moment, and we'll see whether or not there's time for another international one after that, but uh, we may or may not end on this one. Uh, but um, there's, uh, there, we, we've got two handfuls, because there's more than five, of top chefs um, that here in Hong Kong have decided to donate all profits of uh, a certain dish that they've been challenged to make um, to um, to be donated, all profits, 100% of what they sell of this particular item, will go to two local charities. Um, and they're following on from something, it's a Hong Kong version, essentially, of something that's called the Onigiri for Love Project. And that was established in Japan by two top chefs there, um, one of them's called Hisato and Hamada, and the other one's called Yoshihiro Narisawa. And those two Japanese chefs um, got together, they got other chefs to join, to make a recipe each for, for well-known chefs or well-respected chefs to make an onigiri. Now, what's that? What's an onigiri? Oh. I sent you a couple of pictures. Yes, um, the, the, the picture yeah. you
0: sent me. The tri- oh, Yeah, go on. The triangular rice yeah. dumpling. yeah.
1: Rice dumplings. Rice dumplings, sometimes they're called rice balls. We've all seen them because they've get, been getting more and more popular, I reckon, in the last couple of years. And they are, um, yes, that's, they can be triangular, they can be in a, in a, in a cylindrical shape, but they are rice moulded together into a, into a ball, as they're known. Um, and uh, they are stuffed often. They can be part of a bigger meal, but they can be stuffed. Typically, they're seen around Hong Kong with fillings like chopped Um, seasoned salmon, or pork floss, or there are many other uh, types of uh, fillings that they can have. Sometimes they don't have any fillings at all. Sometimes they are wrapped with nori, the dry seaweed, or sometimes they have other um, sesame seeds or other bits and pieces stuck on their outsides. So the Japanese uh, initiative, fundraising initiative, inspired Hong Kong's um, head chef at the Landmark Mandarin Oriental, Richard Ecubus, to organise a similar um, Get together of top chefs, and who happen to be pretty much all of the Michelin starred chefs, to do a charity event here. And they can be bought at the landmark in the landmark mall in the basement. They're being they're being sold, and they go to uh, a couple of charities that are um, for. Uh, people that need help with food in particular, but also with other needs. They're called Feeding Hong Kong and Impact Hong Kong. I'm sure that some of us may have heard of these two local charities before. And the idea is that uh, on different days of the week until the 1st of August, it started a few days ago. It's only going on for two weeks, but it's going on until the 1st of August. There are five onigiri available every day from a varying roster of chefs that include... Vicky Lau from Tate's Dining Room. That's female chef who's won tons of awards. She won the Asia's Top 50 Best Female Chef Awards once a few years ago. Umberto Bombana from uh, Eight and a Half Otto in Mezzo. Uh, Peggy Chan of Grassroots. I know she's been on your program before, Noreen. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ferran Tadio of La Rambla. Danny Yip from The Chairman. Um, and Vicky Cheng of Bayer Restaurant and a few more than that. They're really, really top chefs. They win Michelin stars. Their their restaurants are always in that that top 50 Asia or top 100 at least they get into um, restaurant list. And um, they have – they stuffed them with um, some local ingredients, but some of them – one of them is a French chef, so it's kind of got more French ingredients in there. You can find out for yourself by going to – what is called, all one word, below ground, and that is in the basement of the landmark shopping mall, 15 Queens Road Central. If you want to see more about what's happening in Hong Kong or around the world, because chefs from all over have started taking up the baton from the two Japanese chefs who started it, it's uh, onigiri, O-N-I-G-R-I for love. Onigiri for love. That's all one word. Put a hashtag in front of it. Do a Google search. And you'll see what chefs around the world are doing um, to make these onigiri to raise charities where they live or where they live.
0: I'm a big Mm. fan of of this because it's kind of filling, and you can put all sorts of things. Sometimes it doesn't. You don't even need any meat on it. Sometimes you can Mm. just put some. Oh, what is it? Some sour plum, some preserved sour plum with it It goes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. That's
1: right. They do. That's that's often uh, one of the. that's one of the stuffings, actually. Yeah, yeah,
0: which sounds a bit unusual, but actually, it's r- really tasty. <laughs> sort of like a it is, it is, yeah, like pickles. Uh, especially,
1: yeah. <laughs> especially if you have something else with it that's a bit fatty or oily, that uh, that sourness will cut through that. Exactly.
0: So, yeah. Right, yeah. Andrew. I'm afraid we're out of time today, but I look forward to more chats with you uh, in the coming week and and also next week as as well. Thank you so much for your time and Indeed. enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Have a good afternoon. Thank you. You Nari.
0: too. Bye.